Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Ida Abbott, the president of Ida Abbott Consulting, which promotes and supports career development and advancement from the beginning of a lawyer's career through retirement. Ida is an elected fellow of both the American Bar Foundation and the College of Law Practice Management, as well as the author of both Sponsoring Women, What Men Need to Know, and The Lawyer's Guide to Mentoring, the second edition of which was just released. Hi, Ida. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. It's really nice to be talking with you. It's a privilege to speak with you. So tell us about your background and your practice. Well, I practiced law. I was a trial lawyer for 20 years. And then around 1995, started a consulting practice and have been focused on lawyers' professional development all the time since then. Now I'm at the point where I'm narrowing my practice, focused more specifically on mentoring and the different aspects of mentoring, the different ways that mentoring can be helpful. How has mentoring changed since the publication of the first edition of The Lawyer's Guide to Mentoring? The first book came out in 2000, so it was high time. A lot of things had changed. When that first book was written, the focus was on lawyer attrition. There was a study by NALP called Keeping the Keepers, and that was the first time, it was the late 1990s, it was the first time anybody had looked at associate attrition in law firms because up until then it hadn't been a major problem. And what now learned in the study was that associates left in large part because they didn't receive the training and mentoring that they needed and wanted. And so the book was written in part to address that concern. The basic principles of mentoring haven't really changed. Mentoring, at least to a purist like me, is based on a personal relationship. It's a way people learn from each other and the way someone with more knowledge, more experience is able to assist the growth, development, and career of someone else. The personal relationship part is really what makes mentoring unique as opposed to teaching or just having a conversation. The world has changed and Mentoring has had to adapt to that world, uh, which means that it isn't as long term. It's much more egalitarian. It's not so much, you know, an older, wiser person teaching somebody who's very young. I think today we realize that everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn. So mentoring relationships have changed to the extent that It's more of a give and take. It's not just a one-way conversation or a sharing of wisdom. There is much more diversity in mentoring. People are much more aware of the need for multiple mentors, not just having one person to take care of all aspects of your career. Aside from the fact that all these changes required a new look at the subject, it was also important to inform people about the changes and new models that are developing that address a lot of those changes. What are some challenges that the legal community is facing in providing high-quality mentoring for its new professionals? You don't really have time to form long-term relationships uh, the way we used to. It's still important. It's still immensely valuable, and most people want those. But 
realistically, people don't stay at work or in the same place for very long. There's a lot of movement. You know, for lawyers in particular, the emphasis on billable hours makes it hard because a lot of times mentoring takes place where you're not billing anybody for the time. That traditional kind of mentoring still exists. And for some people, it exists and it's enormously beneficial. But we recognize that many people will find more limited mentoring and are looking for more expedient ways to get the benefits of mentoring without that full investment. 20 years ago, also, all mentoring was basically informal in the sense that you found mentors when you could, and they happened sort of organically. And some firms had mentoring programs, but they didn't have a lot of structure. It was basically a buddy when you were introduced to the firm, you know, who took you around and and kind of welcomed you. But starting in the late 1990s and ever since, firms started to become far more diverse. Incoming classes were far larger than they had been before, and informal mentoring just didn't reach the number of people who needed some sort of mentoring support. And so programs became much more common today. I think almost any major law firm and most smaller firms or mid-sized firms have some sort of mentoring initiative. The downside of that is that while it means if you want a mentor, I'll match you up with someone. But when I'm matching up 50 people or 100 people or 1,000 people, not all those relationships are going to be profound. You know, most of the time, they're going to give you some limited benefit. In many cases, you know, that may be sufficient. But most people want something more than that. Is mentoring limited to new lawyers? No. Anytime you're going through some sort of significant transition where you're entering into new responsibilities, new roles, um, it's important for people who become partners or become managers. It's important anytime you undertake a leadership role, talking to somebody who's already been there and done that can give you a lot of insights and support. In fact, much of the work that I'm doing now is being a mentor to lawyers who are retiring at the end of their practice. They're entering into totally unchartered territory because when you're in the throes of a career, as you're moving up or moving laterally, you're at least in an environment where you know a lot of people who you can look to as role models or you can talk to about their experience. And it's much easier to find mentors as well to help you get through that time. But when you're talking about retirement, it's really not so much a sense of looking forward. You're kind of having to go through the transition of, uh, that involves a lot of loss because you're giving up the career that has not only provided you with an income, but has formed a significant part of your identity and your community for a very long time. And the community includes the firm, but it also includes your client relationships. It includes organizations that you've been active in. Suddenly, you're looking at that and having a mentor who can actually start helping you focus on what you're moving toward and who can help you find other ways of supporting that journey forward is really important. This is something that I think a lot of people are starting to realize is just as important at that part of your career as it is, but in a different way than at other points along the way. 
Has the increased use of technology within the legal profession impacted mentoring? Oh, sure. A lot of people engage in mentoring relationships online or by phone, by almost any kind of electronic medium, because as long as you can communicate, you can have that kind of relationship. You can build a relationship and get the information across. Technology right now is a little unnerving in some ways. I just came across a website for a robotic coach, somebody who's trying to use artificial intelligence to develop mentors that will be available to anybody anywhere in the world anytime. But in the meantime, technology at least facilitates the relationship in and of itself. It's just a tool. There are a lot of state bar sponsored programs, but many of the state bar programs that will permit remote communication usually also ask you to meet in person at least once or twice during the period you're matched up uh, so that you get the benefit of that in-person relationship. You wrote a book called Sponsoring Women, What Men Need to Know, and are focused on mentoring. What's the difference between sponsorship and mentorship? Sponsorship is a term that was developed about four or five years ago now when there was research done on mentoring. And the focus was, why are women who have mentors not seeing the same career benefits that men who have mentors? And what they discovered was that while men and women were getting advice, men were also getting active support from their mentors. If I'm your mentor, I might say, Ari, Charlie over there is a very influential person and you could really get a lot of benefit from getting to know Charlie. That's giving you advice. If I was your sponsor, if I were giving you a higher, more active form of mentorship, which we call sponsorship now, I would say, Ari, Charlie over there is a very influential person, could be a major benefit for you to get to know him. I'm having lunch with Charlie on Wednesday. I want you to come with me and I'm going to point out that you're the expert in this area. And when the conversation comes to this, I want you to do this. It's a much more active kind of support. It's an advocacy kind of support. And people talk about sponsors being the ones who advocate for you when you're not in the room. They're the ones who argue that you are prepared for and deserve a promotion or a raise or a bonus. They support you and appoint you to committees and things like that. So it's a much more active kind of mentorship. Many people will say that sponsorship is something different, but I think if you look historically, this is also what mentors traditionally did in you know the old days when they were really focused on, on one person who they wanted to promote. The reason we support mentoring in the workplace is because it is associated very directly with the advancement and retention of individuals who are the beneficiaries. Women and minorities tend not to get that kind of support. And so people are starting to focus on this advocacy element and referring to it as sponsorship to emphasize that it is something that we need to focus on in particular for women and minorities. How can the profession leverage mentoring in its continued evolution? 
in my book, I identify a few firms that are doing a really good job. Littler Mendelssohn is one firm. Shakardi and Bacon is another. They have put in not just the resources and personal time that it takes, but they've been building a foundation in the culture to change the culture for many, many years. So this is not something that is just a program. It's a commitment that goes all the way down to, you know, making sure that the culture supports these changes and these activities by the people involved. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Ida Abbott, the president of Ida Abbott Consulting, which promotes and supports career development and advancement from the beginning of a lawyer's career through retirement. She is the author of both Sponsoring Women, What Men Need to Know, and The Lawyer's Guide to Mentoring, the second edition of which was just released. Ida, thanks so much. Thank you, Ari. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.